Belichick. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Thursday edition of the program, complete coverage. As to share together. If you missed a live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you have to do is search for the Hoosier Report about anywhere that you might listen to podcasts. Uh, we'd love to have you with us live. It's great when you're with us on the Big X, but if you can't, uh, you can always listen on demand via podcasting, and we appreciate all of you that are loyal listeners, especially of the program. Let's look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, as always, here in just moments, we'll take a look at some of the top headlines of the day. Uh, Mike Woodson appeared on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast on Wednesday, and we got some interesting information from him. So we'll share a couple highlights from that interview. Also, a new name in state in recruiting in the 2025 class. We'll tell you about that and a number of other things that we'll cover here in this opening segment today. Also, later in the show, Alex Bozich inside the hall. He is always with us on Thursdays as we talk the very latest with IU basketball and things related to it. Uh, Alex's segment each week is brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture, and he'll be with us coming up a little bit later today. And then finally, we'll wrap the show up uh, with, you know, it is Big Ten Football Media Days yesterday and today, and the Indiana players and, of course, Coach Allen will be live today on the Big Ten Network. In fact, Coach Allen, I believe, is on right now uh, at 11 a.m. on the podium from Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. So we'll tell you some about what he had to say and a couple other things regarding Big Ten football. Uh, you know, it's I'm such a basketball person. I do really like college football, and I'm glad the season is almost here. But until we get to Big Ten football media days where we really drill in on IU and we learn a lot about the rest of the conference, it's hard for me to get too excited. But now that it's here and now that it's everywhere, all sorts of preseason polls and stuff coming out, um, it's time to get excited about college football. I just don't know that it's time to get excited about IU football specifically. Um, There are so many unknowns about the quarterback situation, the roster, all of the turnover new faces and departures from last season that I really don't know what to make of IU football. And I'm not sure that we're really going to know what to make until we get a number of games into the Big Ten portion of their schedule. I did see yesterday, gosh, I forget who had it, but it was a ranking of Big Ten projected starting quarterbacks from worst to last. So the 14th to the first. And I saw that Indiana, Taven Jackson, transfer from Tennessee, who we think could be the starting quarterback, but nothing is for sure. We probably won't know until that first game or before that at some point. Um, he was number 14. So that kind of tells you your key position there. Not a lot of excitement, although you know he does come from Tennessee. Didn't get a lot of PT there, a lot of action there. 
but uh, definitely kind of curious to see how he fits in and if he is the starting quarterback when the season gets here. So we'll get into IU football later in the show. That's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Save it, plug it in your phone, 11 o'clock each day that we're on, fire me off a text, a question, a comment, something on IU basketball, football, local sports, high school football, whatever it may be, we'll do our best to fit it into the show. A comment you want to make, a question you want to ask, 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. Let's get into our headlines of the day. Mike Woodson appeared on a podcast, The Hoosier Hysterics, that was released on Wednesday. A number of interesting things. Of course, in the summer, we don't get an opportunity to hear from the head basketball coach at Indiana very often. So the fact that he was on the podium, or at least in a podcast, uh, anything he has to say, going to be interesting this time of year. One thing he did say uh, that caught my attention is freshman guard Ja'Kai Newton has been hurt, which we knew, and he kind of mentioned, you know, this is, you never know how to take it, but just the way he said it, kind of questioned maybe his availability uh, for the upcoming season. So if Newton were to be hurt and were to be out at the start of the season or longer, that would put Indiana down to five guards for the upcoming year. C.J. Gunn, Anthony Leal, Trey Galloway, Gabe Cups, and of course, the key person back, Xavier Johnson. Uh, Xavier, I think, is going to have to have a huge, huge role on this team for next season regardless. Uh, the other thing Coach Woodson had to say was good news on Trey Galloway. Uh, he talked about his ability this season to take another step forward. Uh, he improved last season as a shooter, and he believes is ready to take the next step. Coach Woodson said, quote, Gallo has probably been the best player in the gym right now in terms of shooting and defense. As it stands right now, he's earned the starting job. So good things I think we all expect from Trey Galloway this season, shooting, defense, and also leadership for this team. And it's nice to get some reinforcement for Mike Woodson here in the summer as well. So uh, Mbako, uh, he talked a little bit about Mackenzie Mbako and Caleb Banks uh, testing him out as the forward and Banks on the wing. Uh, combo forwards, I think is how you would best describe both of those guys. He also talked some about Malik Renew and Anthony Walker, their additions. Of course, Malik back from last season. Anthony, an incoming transfer from Miami. But uh, interesting to, to hear him. Uh, he Of course, Indiana has 12 scholarship players on the team right now. They're allowed per NCAA regulations to have 13, but probably late for an addition. Uh, Coach Woodson said, though, we're looking. Uh, not easy to find people at this stage of the game uh, was his exact line on would anybody add, uh, would IU add another player to the roster for next season. So I think Indiana's going to be at 12, but it's a new world, as I always say, in college basketball and the transfer portal, and you can never say never 
the way things go these days. Also, here's another in-state name. I know you guys enjoy recruiting, at least some of you do, uh, but especially enjoy recruiting when it involves players that are from the state and that play high school basketball here in the state of Indiana. In the class of 2025, from Greenfield Central, just to the east side of Indianapolis, I believe, is a player named Braylon Mullins. He got an offer recently from Virginia Tech. Mullins visited Indiana for a game during his sophomore season, and he's got a number of scholarship offers. Virginia Tech, one of the biggest and best offers to roll in so far. But Mullins has had a a really good summer. He played with one of the key Indiana elite teams, really has seen his recruiting take a jump. He's got scholarship offers in addition to Virginia Tech. He's got Indiana State, Kent State, Toledo, Tulane, Southern Indiana, Miami of Ohio, Ohio and Valpo. So a lot of mid-major offers. Virginia Tech of the ACC signals his first high-major offer, but as he enters his junior season, definitely someone uh, to watch. I think he's got interest in Marquette, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Purdue, some other out-of-state schools as well. I think he's been to Indiana, Butler, and Indiana State for games, but definitely someone to watch uh, in-state uh, is Braylon Mullins of Greenfield Central. He's another name on the recruiting radar for Indiana. One other IU basketball note, former IU player and former IU assistant Mike Roberts Uh, has uh, moved on to a new job at North Carolina State. Uh, He was going to be an assistant coach for Kevin Keats, the school announced on Tuesday. Always liked Mike back in his playing days, got to know him a bit. And, of course, as a basketball coach and assistant coach in the college game, would see him around recruiting very often. But a good guy and good to see him land at North Carolina State with Coach Keats. Uh, in one of the additional assistant coaching positions there. A couple other things to note uh, as well here in this opening segment. Another basketball note, that is, uh, the TBT, the basketball tournament, continues tonight at Freedom Hall in Louisville. I'm sure that some of you are tired of hearing about the TBT and tired of hearing about uh, a predominantly Louisville alumni team, but I'm telling you, it's fun basketball And it really fills a void here in the latter part of July, early part of August, uh, getting us to college football season. Um, It's good stuff. The crowd was 5,500 or so on Tuesday night. The Ville had a nice victory over a basically an Auburn alumni team. They are back tonight with another big challenge. Uh, This, I think, will be a much bigger challenge for the Ville team than what Tuesday night's game was. But if if they can add some fans, they could maybe set a TBT record. And it wasn't just the number of fans that were there on Tuesday night. It was how into the game they were. They were uh, a lot of uh, fun, a lot of into the game, very much for sure. There is uh, no question about that. But uh, we'll see tonight at the at Freedom Hall. I can't make it, unfortunately. I was there on Tuesday. Uh, would love to go back. We'll see if this Louisville team can work their way through the regional and maybe have a chance to play for a million dollars in Dayton coming up uh, over the next few weeks. But it's been good basketball. And uh, let's, as I've said multiple times, let's hope and, and see that Indiana and Kentucky and some of these other local teams uh, have alumni teams, or at least predominantly alumni teams, that get in the tournament. If you're trying to win a million dollars, yeah, it's nice to get alumni together like the Ville, but they added Nick Mayo from Eastern Kentucky, who's a high flyer and adds a lot to their team. I think it gives them a much better chance to win the tournament. They added uh, Chris Dow from 
Bellerman, played at Louisville Eastern. He's a great overseas player. So, you know, get a core of Indiana guys, maybe get some other guys that played high school basketball in the state, um, and, and it would be good enough. And, of course, Purdue has men of Mackey. They are a TBT team. They won, I think, two points, like a last-second deal uh, yesterday in uh, one of their first-round games. So Purdue has a team, Indiana, Kentucky. They need to step up in the TBT. It would be nice if they would put them all together in the same regional. I think they could really help themselves as far as the crowd goes. That's a look at our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Big Ten Football Media Day continues at Lucas Oil Stadium in downtown Indianapolis. Coach Allen on the podium now on Big Ten Network. You've got some IU players that will be on Big Ten Network later today. They are set for 3.30 p.m. And then Coach Allen is back with Big Ten Network later today at 3.45 p.m. Jalen Lucas, to me, he's the headliner on this Indiana football team. The running back, he had a great season a year ago. Someone that will have to have a big year, I think, for Indiana to make some noise. Defensive back Noah Pierre, also one of the players featured later this afternoon, and linebacker Aaron Casey, uh, both of those guys also uh, in the media today, a part of the Big Ten Media Day. And got a chance to hear from the new Big Ten commissioner yesterday, Tony Petetti, Petiti, I believe is how you say it, and kind of get his uh, lay of the land as he takes over uh, the Big Ten Conference and a lot of chat about uh, what his thoughts on NIL and the structure of that in college athletics is right now and how he wants to create a sturdier guidelines is how he worded it. Uh, so we'll see. But the new Big Ten commissioner taking over and the Big Ten football media days, kind of the first opportunity uh, to get to know him and to hear some of his public comments. Thornton's text line uh, texter says, I can't remember if you said yesterday but who won the 12-year-old Little League game the other night? Unfortunately, Bedford won the Indiana State Tournament in 12-year-old Major Baseball. Bedford will go on to represent Indiana at the Great Lakes Regional coming up in August. Highlander Youth Recreation, I think the score was 3-2. They lost by one run and led early in the game. So a great run by HYR, but they couldn't get it done against a solid Bedford team. But overall, a really good summer, not only for HYR, but for Floyd Snob Softball and District 5 overall. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, the latest on IU basketball and recruiting and more coming up. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us in this segment. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's 
Classic Furniture, where you can save 25% during their pre-grand opening sale at all three locations. They've got two locations in downtown New Albany and, of course, their newest location located on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex, it's late July. College football is looming. The only basketball live we've got on television is the TBT but somehow, some way, IU basketball always delivers. We've got plenty to talk about today. Yeah, it's, it's always good to be with you, Matt. And it seems like, well, I think just past maybe the midway point of the off season in terms of uh, when the last game was played uh, compared to when the first game of next season uh, will be played. So still a lot of runway here in this off season. But as you said. Plenty uh, to discuss and talk about. All right, Alex, I know we don't talk a lot of football with you in this segment, but I do want to start with the Big Ten Conference Football Media Days. We got a chance to hear the new Big Ten commissioner recently. Uh, as he takes over from a basketball perspective, obviously NIL, so many things going on with all of college sports, but what are the biggest challenges for him as a new guy he needs to do in this conference? I mean, I think the thing on the immediate horizon for him is just figuring out uh, how they're going to schedule moving forward with the addition of USC and UCLA. Obviously, we've got this upcoming season uh, with just the 14 teams, but going forward, uh, beginning next season, there's going to be 16. So that obviously changes things from a basketball scheduling perspective, and we've seen this before each time. Um, the Big Ten has expanded uh, to more teams. It it kind of dilutes the, uh, I don't want to say, maybe dilutes not the right word, but it changes some of the dynamics in terms of determining a regular season Big Ten. When you're playing six, you know, a 20-game schedule and you've got 16 teams, obviously uh, it's impossible to play a round-robin schedule. So you're going to have a ton of single plays and, um, you know, the one thing that I just haven't necessarily liked uh, over the last, uh, you know, since they've added uh, Rutgers and Maryland to the league is just that in some years it's it felt like the, the regular season champion has been determined more on who who got favorable single plays with some of the, the bottom feeders of the league as opposed to maybe who was the best team. And I don't really know how you rectify that going forward. Um especially when you're adding more teams and I don't, I can't imagine there's going to be much appetite from coaches to go beyond 20 big 10 games. Uh, and the other thing I would say just in NIL in general is it feels like we're kind of in a, just a, a, a weird spot because you see all these, uh, all this legislation being pro, uh, proposed. And I have not really paid too much attention to all of that because it's at this point, just proposals and things that could happen may not happen. But college commissioners, um, at least from the big conferences, it seems like they've kind of been embracing this idea of having oversight from the government on this. And I, I just don't know that that's necessarily going to work out in the best interest for everybody. Uh, I know there's problems with the system right now uh, in some people's eyes, but overall uh, it's just been going on now for a couple of years, and I think we have to give it a little bit more time to, to sort itself out, and, and, you know, I think some of these NIL deals and things are being inflated, and over time, I think the market, in any market, is going to correct itself, and you're going to see 
um, things kind of maybe normalized. So I, I just don't know that getting the government involved in this is, is the best idea. I think it opens uh, the NCAA up to even more issues down the road in terms of, you know, teams and players trying to uh, categorize themselves as employees. And I think ultimately right now, I mean, I think the NCAA in many ways has a, this is actually pretty good for them because if you look at the the TV deals and all the revenue, they're still getting to keep all that, and uh, the players are getting paid by third parties, uh, really not related to the school. So t- to me, I don't see from a you know the conference perspective and uh, the school perspective why they would want to go away from this because you know for example, let's say you know Kentucky for you know for example, they're one of the biggest brands in college basketball, and you know if you've got a big collective that's donating all this money and you're giving it, being able to give it to players and strike deals. I mean, that's not really costing the university much, if any, money. And so I think it's kind of the best of both worlds for them. But for whatever reason, this is kind of being uh, proposed as, in some ways, it kind of feels like to me like preserving the sanctity of college sports. And I think we're way past being able to do that. So, you know, I think that's kind of a long-winded answer, Matt. But I think, you know, obviously with the immediate features, integrating those teams into the league, but also from an NIL perspective, um, I think there's just a lot of uncertainty. And, um, you know, obviously the commissioner, I think, yesterday mentioned kind of his stance on, I, I believe that he's in favor of trying to, to regulate this on a national level. I just don't know that that's going to be the best path forward. Yeah, I agree. Going to be interesting to see Alex Bozich inside the hall, brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Um, also, you know, still some conference movement out there. I saw that Colorado is leaving mm-hmm. the Pac-12, going to return to the Big 12 in 2024. I don't know about you, Alex, but it's going to take me a long while, not just a season, but a long while to get used to some new entries into the Big Ten Conference from the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just from, um, obviously we think about it from a, men's basketball and uh, women's basketball and football perspective, uh, revenue sports. But I think really the the thing that gives me the most concern moving forward with, with this whole situation is just how these non-revenue sports and how is it going to look when uh, UCLA and Rutgers are playing a baseball game in May. I mean, how does that make sense for those schools to compete? So, in some ways, I kind of wish the Big Ten would have just added these schools and <clears throat> maybe the the bigger sports because, from a geographic perspective, I think it just it becomes tougher uh, from some of these small for some of these smaller sports to travel and and I wonder about that too. Like just from a, a basketball perspective, you know, is Indiana going to have to go play at UCLA at you know ten o'clock on a Monday and then come back to Bloomington to play Thursday at seven against the team that maybe didn't have to travel with it's just you know obviously there's there's a decent amount of travel right now in the, in the league but when you're bringing in the west coast it's a three three hour time difference particularly for the schools that are in the eastern time zone so uh it's going to present some challenges i mean football obviously is going to be where it's the, the most seamless uh you know transition because they're only playing once a week and obviously we know this is all about football so maybe that's all they took into consideration but yeah, I agree with you. It's going to be different just trying to figure out how this all makes sense from a geographic standpoint. And I think, you know, we have to think about players and 
the coaches and all that too. I think it's going to be a big adjustment for them if they're having to to travel and and still maintain all their obligations for school and being with their families and, and so forth. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. You can read his work inside the hall.com. Follow him on social media at inside the hall. And of course, Alex joins us Thursdays on the program. Alex, there's some IU basketball stuff to get to. We'll do that in a moment, but I think most every show this week, if not all of them, I've talked about the TBT and I know you and I've talked about it recently as well, but have you enjoyed some of the games? I saw your father, the legendary Rick Bozich at Freedom Hall the other night covering the Ville, the Louisville alumni team. I think it's great stuff. What do we have to do to get an IU alumni team in this regional in Louisville? It would be awesome. Yeah, I've watched very little of it, but um, that's only because the games the other night were on, I think, ESPN Plus here locally, and I don't subscribe to that. I've got enough subscription services without paying for another one. Um, but I didn't get a chance to see it, but I talked to my dad, and he said it was a, a really good atmosphere, and uh, they had a good turnout, and fun, to, I think, to see those former Louisville guys get together and, and play and, and win a game, and we'll see how far they can go. Now, as far as the IU thing, I mean, that's been something that's been talked about in the last couple of years. I know we've talked about it before, Matt, but obviously there's uh, there's got to be a person or a group that wants to put this together and is going to have the resources and all that to, to organize it. And it doesn't seem like that person uh, is out there right now that wants to do it. Um, that's my understanding of it. And, you know, obviously the, the talent is there to, to get a group together. Um, and, you know, it, it'd be something I think uh, that would be embraced by the IU fan base. But I think that's the biggest thing is just a lack of organization of somebody kind of stepping forward and saying like this is what we're going to do and you know these are the guys we can get these are the guys that are committed that are because there was a couple I think it was two years ago where there was some talk of a team and some guys had committed to play and then it kind of fell apart we didn't really hear about it uh, again so it'd be something I think for this time of year that would be great in terms of just having some that something else to talk about and some some basketball to watch when you know now the nba is dark and there's really not anything else going on right now from a basketball perspective and unless you're going into to watch grassroots games and that's really starting to wrap up two years the month of july comes to a close but yeah i've been glad to see that event kind of continue to grow and thrive each year i can still remember the first year it started thinking to myself this could well this is going to last for a year or two but props to the people that have continued to, to take that forward and have it grow each year. And, I, you know, I think they found a, a good niche, a good niche in that, you know, this is kind of the time of year where there's no hoops and they can get that, that airtime on ESPN and their networks and get some coverage. And I think it's great that they, you've seen a lot of different schools put alumni teams in there and, and advance and have a chance to win. So, uh, hopefully Louisville's able to, to continue to be successful and have a chance to, to advance. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, uh, Coach Woodson was on the Hoosier Hysterics podcast, which was released on Wednesday. He had a lot of different things to say. 
kind of alluded to Ja'Kai Newton and mentioning that he's been hurt and uh, kind of mentioned that, in some words, his availability for the upcoming season is not clear at this point. Uh, He's an intriguing freshman. I know freshmen in the Big Ten Conference don't always mix, but somebody that I was really curious to see this year. Any insight on what's going on with him? I just know that he was hurt as a – you know, before his, I believe, senior year of high school that summer, didn't really play that much, and then kind of came along slowly. And my understanding is maybe the injury wasn't properly diagnosed. And I think he's had surgery since, and so it's just been a little bit more of a slow ramp up in terms of him coming back. But definitely something that is kind of unresolved, and I have people wondering just in terms of the guard depth going into next season, but you still kind of look at things on paper with Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway, C.J. Gunn, Gabe Cups, Anthony Leal. That seems to be a a pretty solid uh, group in terms of depth, but Ja'Kai Newton was somebody that when he committed to Indiana was, you know, a top 60, 70 recruit, somebody looked at. That could down the line be a a really important player for Indiana, and I'm sure that the program still feels like that could be the case down the road, but to me it doesn't sound like he's done very much of anything this summer in terms of uh, the on-court work, and uh, it's been a slower uh, than expected maybe ramp-up process for him, so hopefully he's able to get healthy and contribute next season, but uh, I'd be maybe a little bit surprised at this point if he's uh, ready to go when the season starts. Coach Woodson also mentioned Trey Galloway. I think we all expect big things from Trey. He's a shooter. He can be a defensive stopper, and the leadership uh, that he could bring to this team going to be very important. Coach Witchin touched on that in his recent podcast. Uh, Trey Galloway, I don't see any way around it, uh, Alex, is one of the most important players on the IU roster. Yeah, and, I, you know, his first couple of years he had problems with injuries and staying on the court. I think he did a really good job last year of just being available and uh, being able to play, and they're going to need that again this year because I don't really see any way that he's not a 28 to 30 minute a game player, just based on the fact that you know you got CJ Gunn there, who many people think can take a step forward, but I don't know that he's ready to be a starter, or a guy that's playing 25 minutes a game. And Gabe Cups is a freshman. I think we'll have some opportunities to to get in there and play some spot minutes, but you know Xavier Johnson and. Trey Galloway both, I think, are going to have huge responsibilities on their shoulders and are going to have to, to really step up and be the leaders on this team with, you know, Johnson really, I think, a sixth-year guy now in college, and Galloway, this is his fourth year. I mean, they're going to be two of the older guards in the Big Ten. They've both been kind of through the, the battles and kind of know what it takes to, to be successful in, in the Big Ten, so uh, they're, they're definitely capable, but you know, health is going to be of the utmost importance. Uh, that you know, that kind of goes without saying. That's the case any with any season. But you know, I just don't really see in terms of experience, depth, and Dean having uh, a lot behind those two guys uh, to rely on if if one of them were uh, to get hurt or, or be unhealthy for any significant period of time. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall. Alex, a couple other things to get to recruiting-wise. A new name, I had heard his name previously, but wasn't sure the level of college basketball he might play at. But class of 2025 member Braylon Mullins of Greenfield Central. He played this summer with one of the good Indiana elite teams. 
He's had a lot of mid-major offers and interest. I know Virginia Tech recently got involved, offered him a scholarship. Indiana has recruited him from a distance maybe as well, but it seems like things beginning to heat up and more high majors definitely reaching out, showing interest, and perhaps the Virginia Tech scholarship offer is just the first of many more to come. Yeah, it seems like he's been a guy that has really kind of come onto the radar uh, this summer, and it's tough, I think, at this point for these underclassmen who are a little bit under the radar because so much of the focus right now on recruiting is on filling out a roster for next season, whether that's looking for late guys that have fallen through the cracks in 2023, whether that's uh, still looking at the transfer portal, and then a ton of focus for in, from Indiana's standpoint on 2024. They've got so much riding on that class. And so 2025, I think, has been a little bit forgotten. But there's, you know, once we get through this fall and there's some 2024 guys sign and uh, we get into the high school season, I think you're going to see more uh, in-state kids from 2025 maybe emerge on the radar and, and be looked at as, you know, obviously there's Harrelson and, and Sisley that we've known as kind of household names. But uh, I think there'll be potentially more uh, that, that kind of emerge in the in the months and the, the years ahead that could be worth following. And, and Mullins, as you mentioned, is a guy that had a really strong summer with Indiana Elite and somebody uh, that is apparently on the Indiana radar now and somebody that they're, uh, you know, starting to recruit. But, you know, I, I think just looking at what Mike Woodson's been able to build, um, I think they're going to obviously re- try to recruit Indiana as hard as possible when it makes sense, but also think they're just going to try to get the best players they can get from wherever they're from. We've, they've had a really successful time in terms of recruiting from Montbird and some other programs from around the country and kind of using their ties around the country to, to land some guys. So uh, the DMV obviously is a spot that they've recruited well as well. So we'll see how it all works out going forward. It's just so hard to – I was talking to somebody the other day just about recruiting in general and just so hard to even think too hard too much about 2025 and 2026. I think that's where a lot of those guys are right now down at the, the NCAA Basketball Academy down in Memphis. But – I mean, these coaches are still trying to fill out their rosters for next season, and uh, in Indiana's case, with 2024, they really have to, I think, hit a home run and, and get some commitments uh, this fall uh, to have a good feeling about where the program is going moving forward. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, at the InsideTheHall.com website, you've started to preview non-conference opponents that Indiana will take on next season. I saw earlier today you've got a preview of the uh, opponent, UConn, the defending national champion. That is going to be a big environment, a big game for Indiana at Madison Square Garden, the Empire Classic, November twentieth, November 19th and the 20th. I'm already looking forward to that one. I know a lot of IU folks are. Yeah, we still don't know. It was kind of a tricky thing when we put this together. Obviously, there's 11 non-conference games. We're doing 12 previews because we still don't know yet who Indiana plays in the Empire Classic. They could potentially play UConn, they could play Texas, or they could play Louisville. We obviously know they'll play two of those three. So uh, UConn was kind of the first one that, that we're doing, and obviously going to do Louisville and Texas too. But uh, it's going to be a, just a really strong non-conference schedule, I feel like, with, with Indiana. Not just the games like Kansas and Auburn and the Empire Classic games, but some of these mid-major opponents, I think, have a chance to to be tough uh, tough matchups for Indiana. And, you know, Florida Gulf Coast is going to be the season opener. They're a team coached by 
Pat Chambers, the former coach at Penn State, and they have high expectations going into next season. Same with Wright State. Um, so it's going to be for a team that I think is only re- returning 20 to 30 percent of its scoring from last season and has some, you know, talent coming in, but some uh, definite, definite question marks in terms of how it all fits together. That, tr- that early November schedule could be tricky for Indiana. It may not be. It may be a season where they take a loss or two that, that nobody expects early in the year. And, uh, obviously, everyone's uh, high on the upside of this team and where they can get eventually uh, once the season uh, gets into full gear. But I think Indiana's put together a pretty tough schedule just based on their personnel and, and who they've got back from last year's team. Alex Bozich inside the hall. He's with us. Thursdays on the program. Alex, as always, thanks for the chat. Um, college football will be here soon. We're making progress, Alex, but our favorite season, the winter, college basketball, high school basketball, it's still a little bit away. So we'll continue these off-season chats until we finally get to the season. All right, Matt. Always good to talk to you. Have a good rest of your week. Thanks. Alex Bozich inside the hall with us here on this Thursday edition of the program. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. I tell you what, a real mess today in southern Indiana as far as traffic goes. The Sherman-Minton Bridge, Interstate 64 Bridge, now closed in both directions until further notice. It was announced earlier today, and I tell you what, 265 in southern Indiana has been a mess all day and let's hope that this uh, closure at least both ways is only very temporary you just never know how serious the repair project is but what a mess it's been this morning and let's hope that traffic improves especially uh, later today by the time everybody gets out of work we'll see but i'm expecting uh, some real traffic messes here in southern indiana at least for the foreseeable future we'll head to a break we're back to talk a little bit about big 10 football media days We'll see if we can find what Coach Allen had to say at the top of the hour. He was featured on the Big Ten Network, Indiana's time at the podium, uh, talking about the upcoming season. That's coming your way next. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Thursday edition of the program, final segment of the day. Don't forget, we'll be back Friday. We've got Dylan Wallace with us on Friday. Also coming up in our Friday show, Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. You know, we were talking earlier about Braylon Mullins, Mullins excuse me, of Greenfield Central, a new prospect in state to know in the 2025 class. And a Providence fan texts in and says that he is a nice player, but Providence was able to shut him down at the Charlie Hughes shootout up in Indianapolis, which is not surprising. If you've seen 
Ryan Miller's team's play, you know that defense is of the utmost importance. And so uh, no question that they are the team that would be able to put a plan together, even in summer ball on the fly, to shut down a key prospect like Mullins, who has had a really good summer overall. So uh, there you go, a little Providence basketball note for you here in this Thursday program. Tom Allen on the podium earlier in the hour from Big Ten Conference Media Days um, and talking about a lot of different topics. Uh, Nothing jumps out at me or grabs me as far as breaking news from his conversation, but he did uh, talking about the realignment. I know we've talked some about the addition of uh, USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. He said, quote, in 2025, we get to go out and play USC. The last time we played the Trojans, O.J. Simpson was their tailback, so that's exciting. So interesting quote there from Coach Allen. But, uh, yeah, Big Ten football media days fun. Get a look at who's who and what to expect from the Big Ten conference from this season. And uh, we'll hear from some of the players more this afternoon, and we'll recap some of what everybody has to say uh, coming up Friday on our program. High school football coming up. We are three weeks from tomorrow away from the season. And I know we've went through some of the games on the local teams' schedules already, but None bigger than Charlestown at Silver Creek. The Dragons will debut their new football field on August 18th. Clarksville is at Scottsburg. Floyd Central with another big Louisville challenge. This year it's going to be at Louisville St. Xavier. So uh, that's a big one for uh, the Highlanders and a tough one for sure on August 18th to open the season. A lot of new opponents on some of the non-conference part of the schedules for our local teams I noticed that Floyd Central, after their game at St. X, will host Terre Haute South, who is a new opponent for the Highlanders in Week 2 of the season. Other Week 1 games, Jeff with a first-round matchup against Whiteland. That is a new season opener for the Red Devils. They typically have opened with Seymour, a Hoosier Hills Conference game, but Whiteland will be first on the schedule. And I noticed a new opponent for Jeffersonville. They will play on September 8th at Louisville Fern Creek. So that'll be an interesting game. And I like to see some of the crossover when it makes sense. So neat to see that Jeff has added uh, Fern Creek, New Albany, with a couple new opponents as well. And a really tough, tough start to the season for Steve Cooley's team. They're going to play at Franklin to start the season on August 18th. And then they host Christian Academy of Louisville, who has been dominant and really good in small to medium-sized school football in the state of Kentucky. So that is a tough, tough two weeks and a way to open the season for New Albany before they get into Hoosier Hills Conference play. Uh, But to Providence, they will take on Indianapolis, Washington. That is another new first-week opponent for the Pioneers. And then week two, they host Louisville Holy Cross, which is a good rivalry-type Catholic school game for the Pioneers. And uh, that's a look at... Week one and where things stand for high school football, it will be here before you know it. And, of course, two weeks from tomorrow, if I've got my dates right, we've got high school football scrimmages, the official scrimmages that uh, get you set for the season. So uh, that will be interesting. Uh, It'll be here before you know it, and we'll see who locally could be a frontrunner in football. I think we've got a couple opportunities for Decent ball clubs, but we'll see if anybody can take that step and be uh, ranked in the state or maybe have a chance to do something in the postseason. But uh, that sort of stuff, the high school football season is 
it will be here before you know it, and it's really creeping up on us really quick. Uh, but that's a look at high school football and a little look at the Big Ten Conference Media Day uh, today. Day two of Big Ten Conference Media Day. And, of course, Indiana players featured later this afternoon. And then one more opportunity to hear from Coach Allen later in the day as well. So after today, the race is on for the start of college football as well. And we'll see where this Indiana team uh, is going to be at in the Big Ten. The uh, prognostications, the predictions for this Indiana team, not good. I mentioned earlier a ranking of Big Ten quarterbacks or at least projected starting quarterbacks. The story I read had Taven Jackson Jackson projected at least as the starter for Indiana, and they had him as the 14 of 14 quarterbacks in the Big Ten Conference. So we'll see. This is going to be an interesting season and maybe a, a signature season either way for Tom Allen and the coaching staff. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. We'll be back on Friday. Dylan Wallace will join us. Also on Friday, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. TBT tonight in Louisville, 8 o'clock. If you're interested in watching The Ville, uh, the game is televised. I think it's on ESPN Plus again, but not positive on that. We'll see if The Ville can make another step forward. Uh, if they win this one, they'll be in the regional championship game, uh, which would put them one win away from advancing on to a quarterfinal in the $1 million TBT, the basketball tournament, that concludes in Dayton a little bit later in the summer. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back with you Friday at 11 a.m. Again, podcast if you can't catch the live show here on the Big X. Have a great Thursday. Try to stay out of traffic with the Sherman Minton Bridge shut down for now and who knows how long. And I'll be back with you Friday at 11 o'clock here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.